the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Did you start pumped up for Jesus, maybe at a revival, but somewhere along the way, you just begin to pull away and, and you just begin to fade in your faith and the feelings weren't the same and you let the feelings determine what you really believed rather than letting those beliefs guide your feelings. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. The Bible says that when you are justified, when you begin that relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ alone, by His grace, you gain access. Now listen to that verse again. Through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. What is the grace? In this case, grace is not God's mercy for our sinful choices. Grace is simply His favor. It's what we all desire to experience from someone we look up to. It's what every child wants, to know that their parents are proud. This week, two of our boys started college. I wrote each of them a note. And um, you know what I told both of them in that note? I'm so proud of you. I, I really think every child wants to know that their daddy's proud. It's the same thing an athlete wants to hear from their coach. Man, you're doing a great job. That was an awesome play. It's, it's what every student wants to hear from a teacher. That was, you knocked it out of the park. What a great grade you got on that test. It's what everyone wants to hear from anybody that they're looking up to. You want to have their favor. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, not only do you have peace with God, you've got access into the presence of God. And by faith, you get to have favor and you know what that does what does it say it helps you to stand some of you came in kind of wobbly you're hardly walking through the church doors because this week has knocked you around you you don't know how you're going to make it through and yet he is giving you the ability to stand because he's saying hey what more could you want you've got peace with me you've got access to me and you have my favor. Isn't that good news, church? Isn't that great? When we respond, when we respond to the gospel by faith alone and Christ alone, through grace alone, we gain access into the favor of God, and He is for us. God is for us. So what could be against us? That's what I want you to think about. When you're going through difficult moments, remember, God is for you. When you have that health scare, remember, God is for you. When you're unsettled in your job, remember, God is for you. When you don't know if you're going to make it in your marriage, no, God is for you. When you don't have the finances to get to the end of the month, I want you to know that God is for you. And if God is for you, what could be against you? 
But I want you to understand something else. This is God's best. So what is God's best? Look back at verse 2. Through whom we've gained access by faith, thank you for the access, into this grace, thank you for your favor, in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And here's where it gets a little crazy. We rejoice. I I don't always feel like rejoicing. This is a big deal to Paul. He mentions it several times in this chapter. He, He says, when we're justified by faith, God gives us the ability to rejoice no matter what. That's what he was talking about in that passage in Philippians 4 that I quoted a little earlier. It begins by saying, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Then he goes on later and says, so be anxious for nothing. God wants you to have joy regardless of the circumstances of life. But it doesn't always feel joyful, does it? That's when we have to remember we're believing our way into feelings, not feeling our way into beliefs. So let me help you here. Joy is not the same thing as happiness. Your happiness is determined by those things that, think about the word, that happen to you or that could happen to you or you wish happened to you. And you're happy or you're unhappy based on those things. And when when you're happy, man, it's easy for everybody to see you're happy, right? Just next week, thousands and thousands of of men and women will gather in these large outside worship centers, and and the bands will play, and and then these two teams of people will get down on the field, and they'll they'll run back and forth, throw in a pigskin, a a football, and and man, when, when your team does well it makes you happy and you know what happens when you get happy because your team's well i mean these quiet reserved people who sit in church just like this man, they're gonna jump up and they're gonna cheer for their team they're gonna be excited they're gonna whoa way to go they're gonna be so happy when you're happy you can't hide it that's why as children we learn that song if you're happy and you know it clap your hands if you're happy and you know it clap your hands if you're happy and you know it then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. But what if you're not happy? What this verse is saying is that you can have hope even when you're not happy. Because hope is not dependent upon what happens to you. Remember hope? Remember the definition we learned last week? Having only positive expectations? Hope is the recognition that those things I hope for because of my peace with God, they are not affected by the things that happen to me, the circumstances of life. That's why the half-brother of Jesus could say in James 1, consider it all joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish at work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's what Paul's saying. So look again at verse 3. Not only so... But we also rejoice in our sufferings. Wait, that has to be a typo. Let me read it again. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. And it's really there. We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us 
Remember those words? Let's say it again. Hope does not disappoint us because God's poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. God gives us the ability to have joy even in the midst of our circumstances. Why? Because he is with us. Occasionally I'll come in contact with someone and I'll say, how are you doing? And they go, okay, under the circumstances. And I always want to say, what are you doing up under there? Get out from under the circumstances. Don't let the circumstances dictate the way in which you experience joy in life. In fact, I want you to think about Jesus this way. Think of that word joy and remember this, Jesus is over you. Jesus is over you when you're lonely. Jesus is over you when you don't see the way out financially. Jesus is over you when your marriage is in trouble. Jesus is over you when you don't like your job. Jesus is over you when you get that call from the doctor. Jesus is over you when you don't understand what's going on. Jesus is over you. That's just another way of saying I can find joy from God because I know that he is the sovereign king of kings, lord of lords. Nothing catches my God off guard. He's over your family. He's over your finances. He's over your health. He's over your heartache. But I want to tell you, Jesus is not only with you, he, he may be right there in the middle of it, stirring things up. Because notice what it says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because of what the sufferings produce. They produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Sometimes God allows the difficult seasons of life so that our faith will be strengthened and our hope in Christ will grow. You know this when you've heard somebody say, I would give anything if I didn't have to go through what I went through. But I, would give any, I wouldn't give anything for what God taught me as I was going through it. Some God, sometimes God allows you to go through those difficult moments so that he can demonstrate his presence. Some things are more valuable than a pain-free life. I think I may need to say that again. Some things are more valuable than a pain-free and problem-free life. But you've got to choose to hang in there if you're going to get the benefits. And a lot of folks don't make it at this point. In fact, I would say perseverance is in short supply in our, our culture. The ultimate example of this is the all-time highs we see in suicide rates. But it doesn't have to go to that extreme. People aren't happy with how things are going in their marriage, so they get a new wife or a new husband. People get tired of the conflict in their job, so they think, I'll just get a new job. People don't like what was sung or what was said at church, so they just get a new church. That's our mentality. It affects the big things in life and the little things in life. We get tired of our house and it's not bringing us happiness, so we get a new house. We get tired of the car we're driving and it's not meeting our needs, so we get a new car. We don't persevere. And yet the reality is God 
teaches us in these moments of perseverance. It's in those darkest moments that we must run to the light of Jesus. That's what Corrie ten Boone, who survived the Holocaust, said. She said, I never really knew that God was all I needed until he was literally all that I had. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Friend, God may be allowing you to get to a, a point of brokenness so that you can experience what it's like to completely depend on him. My friend Dr. Robert Smith says, when faith is stripped to the bone, no marrow, no tendons, no muscle, no fat, no gristle, and all of our props and crutches are gone, our faith in God that he is good and is still on the throne is the only thing that will keep you going. Sometimes God wants to introduce you to your best life in the midst of what you believe are your worst moments. But you've got to be willing to trust him in the midst of it. Maybe you just need to know this. God's greatest priority is not your happiness. I know that flies in the face of what some health and wealth or prosperity preachers and teachers would tell you. But it's just not. God's greatest priority is not your happiness, it's your holiness. He wants you to look more like Jesus. He wants to see that Romans 12 transformation. And sometimes that takes place in the dark. But I also know this. God's greatest purposes can always be trusted. I told you we're headed to Romans 8. We'll get there one day. You know that great verse, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who are the called, who love God according to His purposes. We make our plans, the Proverbs say, but his purposes prevail. When you persevere, it demonstrates your faith, and then it gives you proven character. It's like battle wounds. Raise your hand if you got some scars throughout life. (laughs) And sometimes those of us that have lived a little longer... You hear some young whippersnapper come along and they act like they know it all. And what do you say? They'll learn. They'll understand one day. (laughs) You're a little battle weary. But you've got tried and tested character. God's worked in your life through the challenges of life. And that character leans in on the hope through the faith that God's given you. Well, friend, that's your best life. Your your wallet may not be filled. 
Your car may not make it to the stoplight. Your, ma- your house may need a lot of makeover. Those things are not your best life. Your best life is the peace that comes from being at peace with God. It's the access you have to the things of God. It's the favor you experience from God as you lean in with joy and find hope regardless of the circumstances. You say, how can, how can you know that, Pastor? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. That's his very next words. Look at verse 6. You see? So he's just said, sometimes you're going to suffer, but if you persevere through the suffering, that's going to produce character in your life, and that character will give you the ability to lean in and hope, and you just got to do this by faith. And then he says, why? He said, you see? At just the right time. Say, just the right time. (laughs) Now, Now, say that. Say that like you mean it. Say, just the right time. At just the right time, when we were still powerless. Do you ever feel powerless? Do you ever feel weak? Do you ever feel like, I don't know if I can go anymore? At just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And then he explains it. He says, now think about it. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous man. In other words, you know, occasionally somebody might step in front of a bullet for somebody that is very righteous, a good person. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God, (laughs) how much hope is found at the end of those two words. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want to give you three truths to help you have that best life. Number one, Jesus is always on time. Did you get that? At just the right time. And I'm just telling you, no matter what you're facing in life, Jesus will step in at just the right time. He will meet you where you are, and he will give you what you need at just the right time. Sometimes it's not the answer we want. Sometimes the the cancer isn't healed. Sometimes our, our loved ones, they pass. Sometimes the marriage ends. But it's never because Jesus wasn't on time. Jesus is always on time. Number two, Jesus could never love you more. I just need you to accept that. No matter what you're walking through today, no matter what you've experienced in your past, the guilt, the shame that you carry, Jesus could never love you more than he does right now. How do you know that? Because the Bible says that while we were still sinners, when we were at our worst, he gave us his best. That's why I love the songs that remind us about his love. That little chorus I grew up singing, oh, how he loves you and me. 
Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Jesus is always on time. Jesus is, he, he, he could never love you more. And Jesus is always enough. Now, why would I say that? Because at just the right time, while we were at our worst, we were still sinners. What did Christ do? He did the only thing that needed to be done. And it only needed to be done once. Christ died for us. Remember, that's the message of the gospel. Jesus did everything that needs to be done so that you could look to him in faith by his grace and experience the transformation he desires. It's enough. So stop turning to those other things for your peace. They're never going to bring the peace. Stop looking in those empty holes for fleeting happiness. It's never going to last. But when you look to Jesus and trust him for who he is, he'll always be your enough. I was thinking about this message, and I, I thought about those memes that we see on the Internet. Now, if you don't know what a meme is, just Google it. Uh, it if you don't know how to Google it, well, um, just hang with me. Um, anyway, those memes that say how it started and how it's going. And usually it's two different pictures. And so I spent a lot of, I wasted a lot of time just looking for some some good pictures to demonstrate that. I just couldn't find either ones that were appropriate, hello, or um, or ones that I thought were funny or would make the point. I did find, there's a cute one of Simone Biles when she was a little tiny girl in a gymnastic uniform, and then it shows her the next one, how it's, how it's going. It shows her at the, the Olympics as an Olympic gold medal winner. But I gave up on that and, until this morning when I was looking for some other pictures. I, I stumbled across this picture of me and my friend Rodney. Now, this is a cool picture because this was selfie before selfies even existed. I don't, I don't know how we did that. We, how did we get a selfie way back then? Rodney was born two weeks before me, and we grew up in the church nursery and in church. And he hung out at my house, and I at his house for all of our life. We ended up rooming in seminary. I mean, he's a friend. And I, I saw that picture and I thought, well, that's how it started. And so this morning, early in the morning, he lives in Texas. I sent it to Rodney. And um, he replied with this picture. Um, that's Rodney at my dad's celebration of life. You see, um, that friends, friendship, it started out in the nursery. But, but man, we've been so blessed. The Bible says there are friends that stick closer than brothers. It's talking about Jesus, but man, Rodney's been that kind of friend to me. So he flew from Texas to be there at my dad's funeral service. And, and so I thought about those two together, how it started and how it ended. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. 
What about in your faith journey? Is it going the way it's supposed to be? Or did you start on fire? Did, did you start pumped up for Jesus, maybe at a, a revival or a church service or vacation Bible school or youth camp, but somewhere along the way, you just begin to pull away and, and you just begin to fade in your faith and the feelings weren't the same and you let the feelings determine what you really believed rather than letting those beliefs guide your feelings. If that's you, then this message is for you. God wants you to experience His best no matter what. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.